your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 398 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. They're actually going back on tour pretty soon, so that's obviously cool to see as well. But we got a lot to talk about today, beginning with the news that just broke actually about an hour ago. Julian Gauthier gets a new one-year deal with the New York Rangers. We're obviously going to get into that quite a bit. We will also reopen the debate about who the Rangers should protect in the expansion draft. Uh, Some names are common sense as far as guys who are going to be protected. Other players are exempt, and it really just kind of comes down to the final forward that the Rangers believe that they should protect in this draft, and Julian Gauthier is one of the candidates in that category, so to speak. The Rangers could choose to protect Julian Gauthier. A little bit of a spoiler here. I think he's still my pick, but I might have to make uh, a little amendment to that, and I'll explain what I mean in just a little bit here. And then finally, also wanted to talk a little bit about the Florida Panthers buying out former New York Ranger Keith Yandel. Yandel was a personal favorite of mine. I think I was probably a bigger fan of him than the average Ranger fan was, but I always liked Yandel, and uh, we'll talk about if there could be any kind of a fit whatsoever for a reunion between the Rangers and Keith Yandel. So like I said, a lot to do today, and we will begin once again with the one-year deal for Julian Gauthier. It is a one-year, two-way contract that is worth $775,000 in the NHL and $300,000 in the minors. Gauthier, once again, now eligible to be exposed in the expansion draft now that he is under contract. It's a similar situation that the Rangers had with Brett Howden in that both players were impending restricted free agents, and for them to be exposed in the expansion draft, my understanding is that they had to be under contract with the Rangers. Both of those players now are under contract with the New York Rangers, and so both of them can be exposed. And so we're kind of back at the original question that we had as this expansion draft was looming coming into the offseason here, and that is which one of Howden, Gautier, Kevin Rooney, and Colin Blackwell do you protect if you're the New York Rangers? And I think there's a pretty compelling case to be made for any of those four players. We will get into that in just a little bit, seeing as how all NHL teams must submit their protected list to the NHL by tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, we will reopen that debate in today's episode. But first and foremost, just wanted to talk about Julian Gauthier himself here before we get into the expansion draft ramifications. Gauthier, I mean, you guys kind of know the drill by now with Gauthier. It's a lot of uh, seemingly untapped upside. I mean, the upside, I believe, still exists. He is just 23 years old, and he's kind of in between, you know, small sample size and not such a small sample size because he's now skated in 47 career NHL games. The first five of those came with the Carolina Hurricanes, and the last 42, of course, came with the Rangers, and 30 of those games came this past season. That was a career high in games played for Julian Gauthier at 30. But in 47 career games, Gauthier has just two goals and nine assists. He is also a minus five in that time. He has also averaged just nine minutes and nine seconds of ice time per game throughout his NHL career. 
He did have a career best in that department this past season, averaging nine minutes and 38 seconds of ice time per night. Uh, 71 hits in those games, 16 blocked shots. And really, I mean, the story, again, is just kind of untapped potential because we've seen Julian Gauthier. You know, we see flashes every now and then. He'll he'll show that intriguing blend of speed and strength that is so rare and so coveted around this league and something that you would think would make Julian Gauthier you know, maybe not like an all-star level player, but somebody who would be more of a contributor offensively than he's been thus far in his career. And that's especially true when you look at his career numbers in the AHL. I mean, he's been a goals machine in the AHL. 184 career AHL games. He has scored 69 goals in those 184 games. He's also notched 34 assists. So 103 points in 184 AHL games. Uh, He was always a point per game kind of player in the QMJHL as well. But again, it just has not translated to the NHL. And there could be a lot of different reasons for that. I mean, he just hasn't played well. I mean, that's first and foremost. I mean, he hasn't really just ever lived up to his potential. There's also the issue that, you know, maybe you could argue that there's been a lack of opportunities because we've talked about this as well. I don't think Julian Gauthier was ever really a favorite of David Quinn's. They started Gauthier on the third line when this past season began, but before long, he was banished down to the fourth line. And Julian Gauthier is not a fourth line player. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in just a second as well. But to be fair, you know, Gautier, he never really did himself any favors either because he would take a lot of, frankly, stupid penalties, penalties that just did not need to be taken, you know, just lazy hooking penalties, lazy tripping penalties. There was one game, I think they were playing the Flyers this past season. Gautier ended up with eight penalty minutes. Now, one of them was a double minor, but either way, I mean, eight penalty minutes in one game, like, are you kidding me? And predictably, he was a healthy scratch for the next game. Uh, I don't think that was much to the surprise of anybody, but... The reason I'm still kind of leaning toward protecting Gautier as my choice, at least, I don't know if that's what the Rangers are going to do, but it would be my pick, is because of the upside. And we could debate, you know, how likely it is that Julian Gautier is going to ever really go on to be a great player in this league. It certainly has not happened yet. But when you look at these four forwards here, Julian Gautier, Brett Howden, Kevin Rooney, Colin Blackwell. And if I told you that one of those four players was going to go on to be a truly great player in this league, I feel like you would have to say Gautier. And we will definitely elaborate on that point in just a second here. So we were talking about upside just a second ago as it pertains to Julian Gautier and that being my main reason why I think I would still lean toward protecting him in the expansion draft over the other three candidates that we mentioned. Uh, And again, you know, Gautier is still very young, just 23 years old. He's produce some serious points in the AHL as well. He's only played 47 games in the NHL. And I believe that, you know, if you have a coach who maybe is a little bit higher on Julian Gauthier than David Quinn seemed to be, and look, I realize Gauthier's got to help himself a little bit. He's got to go out there and he's got to be able to produce some points because that's where his value lies. And he's got to stay away from the stupid penalties. But I think maybe with a new coach and Gerard Gallant, maybe he gets a little bit of a fresh start. Maybe he gets a little bit of an opportunity. The Big issue that I'm seeing, though, you know, as I say all that, and the reason why I'm starting to uh, at least consider the possibility of me protecting somebody other than Julian Gauthier, I I think Gauthier is still my guy, but I got to kind of talk my way through this a little bit here on this episode. And the biggest issue that I'm seeing is that Gallant, during his presser, his introductory presser, he mentioned, you know, not wanting to have young, talented players on the fourth line. He doesn't think that's the best way to develop guys. And I can only assume he was referring to people like Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco and Vitaly Krasov. Maybe he was also referring to Julian Gauthier to an extent. But then, you know, you look at the Ranger depth chart right now, and guys, I got to be honest, I don't see how Julian Gauthier can be in a top nine role next season. I mean, 
We'll look at all three forward positions. I don't think the Rangers would ever even consider moving Julian Gauthier to center, but just to kind of rule that out, these are the centers that he would have to somehow get in front of if he was going to be in a top nine role. You got Mika Zibanejad, you got Ryan Strom, you got Philip Heedle, and then you've also got Brett Howden and Kevin Rooney. I mean, I think those are your centers right there. And again, I, I don't think there'd be any reason to move Gauthier from wing to center at all. So we can rule that out right away. As far as right wing, which is Gauthier's natural position, and I don't think he's ever really played left wing for the Rangers, not to say that he can't possibly do it, but he's been a right winger. So at right wing for the Rangers, you've got Buchnevich, you've got Kako, you've got Vitaly Kravtsov. So, and you've also got Colin Blackwell. So which one of those players, and it would have to be two players, that Gauthier would have to jump in order to get into a top nine role? I mean, I, I just don't see it. Now, of course, there's also the possibility that maybe one of those players could be traded. Maybe that opens a door for Gauthier. But we're going to talk about that in a second as well. Stay with me on that. And at left wing, I mean, again, I don't know about Gautier playing the left wing, but you've got Panarin, you've got Kreider, and you've got Lafreniere. You've also got Philip DiGiuseppe who could play both sides. And I don't see a path to the top nine on the left wing for Gautier either. I mean, what, what are you going to put him there over Kreider? I mean, I, probably not. So yeah, I just don't see a path to the top nine for Julian Gautier unless the Rangers were to make some kind of a move, some kind of a trade. And Gautier is just really not going to give you a whole lot if you put him on the fourth line. I mean, his whole thing is producing points, supposedly. He's not really a fourth-line type player. He's not somebody that's going to go out there and throw his weight around and be ultra-physical. And if it comes down to it, if there's one spot left on the fourth line, I think you give it to somebody like Phil DiGiuseppe over somebody like Julian Gautier because Phil DiGiuseppe profiles as a fourth-line player a lot better than Julian Gautier does. Now, Here's where it gets interesting as far as who I would choose to protect if I'm the Rangers in this upcoming expansion draft, and I have to amend what I've been saying a little bit. Mostly, I've just been saying that Gautier would be my guy. He still is, but I would only protect Gautier if I'm the Rangers, and I believe that we are going to end up trading either Pavel Buchnevich or Vitaly Kravtsov. And I'm not sitting here and necessarily campaigning for either or both of those players to be traded, but if... If both those guys are back next season, then I don't see a path to playing time on the top nine for Julian Gauthier, and he doesn't bring much value at all if he's going to be on the fourth line. So if the Rangers, and of course there's no crystal ball, there's no way to know this for sure, but if you're the Rangers and you believe that you will trade either Buchnevich or Krasov this offseason, then I would protect Julian Gauthier in this draft and I would keep him around. And then after you trade Buchnevich or Krasov, Gautier can then probably slot into the top nine, or he would at least be in the running to have a spot in the top nine. And all of a sudden, he goes from you know not having any value at all on the fourth line to potentially being an important player for the Rangers, trying to replace either a Buchnevich or a Kravtsov. And again, I am by no means campaigning for either or both of those players to be traded. I'm just acknowledging the possibility that it could happen. So if you're the Rangers and you believe that one of those players will be moved this offseason, then I would say protect Julian Gauthier. However, if you are not going to move one of those players and you feel like you can hammer out a long-term extension with Pavel Buchnevich and you're not going to use Vitaly Kravtsov as trade bait to acquire Jack Eichel or some other center from around the league, then I see no reason to hang on to Julian Gauthier. I see no reason to protect him in this expansion draft because there's nowhere for him to play. There's no spot open for him in that top nine for the New York Rangers. So that to me is kind of the caveat here. If you're going to Trade one of your other right wingers, protect Gautier. If you don't think you're going to trade one of your other right wingers, you might as well expose him. And even if you expose him and Gautier doesn't end up getting taken in the expansion draft by the Kraken, I'd say trade him anyway. Again, assuming that you will be hanging on to Pavel Buchnevich and Vitaly Krasov because there's nowhere to put him. There's just no spot for him, and he doesn't do anything to help this team on the fourth line. 
So of the four players that we've been mentioning, Gauthier still is tentatively my pick for the Rangers to protect him in this upcoming draft above the other three guys that we mentioned. Uh, Again, it does now come with a caveat. But in the event that the Rangers do not protect Julian Gauthier, which of the other three players do I think that they should protect? Would it be Brett Howden? Would it be Colin Blackwell? Or would it be Kevin Rooney? I'm going to go ahead and rule out Brett Howden pretty much right off the bat here. I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that, but Brett Howden has had a lot of opportunities with this New York Ranger team. He's basically been in the lineup just about every night over these past couple of seasons. For some reason or another, he was always a David Quinn favorite. He is a good penalty killer. He does play a little bit tougher than I think people sometimes give him credit for, but he's had his chances and he's shown basically nothing and has actually regressed over this past season, I would say. He only scored one goal the entire season and it was an empty netter. And that's despite being out there on the ice pretty much night in and night out. So I would not waste my time protecting Brett Howden if I'm the New York Rangers. And that leaves it down to Colin Blackwell or Kevin Rooney. And it's tough because Blackwell, you know, you want to reward him for what he did this past season. He kind of came out of nowhere, took the Rangers by storm, and became a very valuable player and was actually in a top six role for a good chunk of last season. He was often on the right wing along with uh, Ryan Strom and Artemi Panarin. And I want to reward him and I want to it's just kind of a fun story. You know, you get somebody who's kind of a, a late bloomer in his career. He's 27 years old. He's barely even gotten to play in the NHL before this past season. And he got an opportunity and he took advantage of it. And it's one of those things, you know, when you're Colin Blackwell and you get promoted to the NHL, to the Rangers, and you know you get a chance to be out there, you got to hit the ground running, man. If you go out there and you have a bad couple of games, that might be it. That might be your chance. And so for him to perform under those circumstances and kind of crawl his way up the depth chart, that was really a lot of fun to watch last season. So, Strong case can be made for Colin Blackwell. On the other hand, with Blackwell, it's a little bit of the same situation as you have with Julian Gauthier. I'm not sure that there's a spot in that top nine for Colin Blackwell next season. I mean, you look at the left wing, and again, you've got Panarin, and you've got Lafreniere, and you've got Kreider. Those are your best three left wingers, clearly. You look at the right wing, and you've got Pavel Buchnevich, and you've got Capo Caco, and you've got Vitaly Kravtsov. I don't know. I mean, can Colin Blackwell jump one of those guys? And I realize Blackwell had a better season this past year than Vitaly Kravtsov did, but the Rangers have far bigger plans for Kravtsov, and he's a far bigger prospect and would appear to have far more upside and is also quite a bit younger than Colin Blackwell. So I would think the Rangers would prioritize getting Vitaly Kravtsov into a prominent role more than they would prioritize putting Colin Blackwell into a prominent role, a role on that top nine. As for Kevin Rooney, I think the strongest case to be made as far as why the Rangers could or should look to protect him is that he's the one guy out of these four on this list here where you kind of know what you're getting from him, like exactly what he's going to be and what his role is going to be. He's going to go out there. He's going to be a strong four checker. He's going to be a key member of the penalty kill unit as he was this past season. And he's probably going to center the fourth line. And that's pretty much the long and short of it. He's going to play physical. And he's the guy who on this Ranger team out of these four players has the most clear defined role out of any of them. So, There's consideration to be made for, I would say, three out of the four guys on this list. I mean, again, I'm ruling out Brett Howden. Uh, Gautier, he's your guy if you want upside. Colin Blackwell, he's the guy if you believe in what he did last season and you kind of want to reward his efforts from this past season. And Kevin Rooney, he's the guy if you just want to kind of hang on to uh, kind of a sure thing. And that's not to say that Rooney has a ton of upside because I don't think he does. But again, he's going to go out there and do what he does very effectively. He's going to be a very consistent player for this team. So it's tough. But again, I'm going to go with a caveat that if the Rangers believe that they're going to trade one of their wingers, that they should hang on to Julian Gauthier. 
if the Rangers do not intend on trading either Pavel Buchnevich or Vitaly Krasov, then I think I'm going to go ahead and protect Colin Blackwell. Again, I just like the idea of rewarding somebody for a breakout season last year. He really seemed to find some chemistry with Ryan Strom and Artemi Panarin, and I'm just very impressed. You know, somebody that just kind of took the bull by the horns. I mean, this kid's been waiting. Not even kid. He's 27 years old, but he's been waiting for years to get an opportunity like this. He took advantage of it last season. Maybe we got a late bloomer here. You know, maybe Colin Blackwell is somebody that would fit in really nicely with the Rangers. I do see, once again, a little bit of the same issues that there are with Julian Gauthier as far as trying to get Colin Blackwell into a top-nine role. But with Blackwell, I mean, given the fact that he's basically a career journeyman, I think it's a little bit more acceptable to put him on the fourth line, and he can kind of be a swingman. You know, maybe you can move him up in the lineup uh, if there's injuries or ineffectiveness or whatever it might be. And uh, Kevin Rooney, you know, I'd, I'd love to see him stick around as well, but I just don't see the upside with Kevin Rooney that there is uh, with a couple of these other guys. And not to say that he's easy to replace because that I wouldn't want to make it sound that way, but I think if you're the Rangers and you end up losing Kevin Rooney in this expansion draft, you can go out there in free agency and find a somewhat comparable fourth-line center. Somebody who can go out there, once again, play physical, maybe kill some power plays, and just kind of do the things that Kevin Rooney does, and I just... Again, I don't want to make it sound like he's completely expendable because I really like Kevin Rooney last year. I thought he did a really nice job for this team, but I feel like you can find a player with a somewhat similar skill set on the open market. So hopefully that makes sense. Like I said, I mean, I'm kind of torn here. I had to add that caveat as far as who would I, I would ultimately protect between Gautier and Blackwell, and a case can be made, I would say, for all four of these guys, but that's my final decision. You guys can let me know what you think and going to be very, very interested to see what course the Rangers look to take and who they look to protect in this upcoming expansion draft. We will know the list on Sunday, apparently. The NHL will make it public knowledge, and we will obviously talk about the Ranger decision in our next episode on Monday. But in just a second here, we're going to talk about the Panthers buying out former New York Ranger Keith Yandel, and we will discuss whether or not there could be any potential fit as far as a possible reunion with the Rangers is concerned. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We also have some news that Keith Yandel was bought out by the Florida Panthers. He's kind of the latest domino to fall in the uh, buyout window here. He had two years left on his contract, and the Panthers did indeed buy him out. As far as a potential return with the New York Rangers, a reunion, I don't really know that it's a fit. I mean, for starters, you, you look at the Ranger team right now, how it's constructed. The Rangers have three offensive defensemen, at least three, in Adam Fox, Ke'Andre Miller, and Jacob Truba. And when I say offensive defensemen, I don't mean that that's like the only thing that they bring to the table. I'm just talking about defensemen who are plenty capable of chipping in offensively. And I think all three of those guys can definitely do that. I mean, Adam Fox, obviously. Jacob Truba, you know, he'll get his assists. He'll usually run point on the second power play unit. 
And then Keandre Miller, I mean, the sky's the limit. I think uh, you'll see him add a little bit more offense to his game this upcoming season as well. And then you go beyond those three, and there's more. You've got Zach Jones. It looks like he can chip in offensively as well. And we could even see Nils Lundqvist at some point on the Rangers this season. So, I mean, do you really need to bring in a 33-year-old offense first defenseman? Probably not. With that said, I have to kind of admit that, you know, it's what I said in the intro. I was, I think, a bigger fan of Keith Yandel than most Ranger fans were when he was here. And granted, Yandel was only here for a season and a half. They traded for him in the middle of the 2014-2015 season, and then he stuck around for one more season after that before leaving and signing with the Florida Panthers as a free agent. But I liked Yandel. I mean, he definitely added something offensively. I thought he was a really good teammate. And Somebody who I thought was better defensively on the Rangers than people gave him credit for. I mean, people made it sound like Yandel was a complete disaster out there as far as the defensive aspects of the game. I thought he was about average. You know, nothing special, obviously, but I didn't see him as this massive defensive liability either. And I think there were at least a certain contingent of Ranger fans that made it sound like that was indeed the case. Uh, but he definitely was offense first. And, you know, some time has obviously gone by since Keith Yandel was last a Ranger and he has spent the last five seasons with the Florida Panthers. And as far as a reunion, I mean, again, I, I just don't see it. I think he's kind of redundant. And you look at the fact that he's now 33 years old. And Armando Velez, you know, he does a fantastic job hosting Locked On Panthers. It looked to me, and I haven't talked to Armando, but based on some of the tweets that he was sending out, that he's glad the Panthers are now rid of Yandel. It sounds like his game has really kind of slipped in recent years. So, I mean, could the Rangers potentially bring him in on a one-year very team-friendly deal and maybe stick him on the bottom two pairing, you know, on, on the Ranger blue line. It's at least possible. But as much as I liked Yandel the first time around with the Rangers, I can't sit here and, you know, again, pound my fist on the table and demand that the Rangers bring back Keith Yandel for all those reasons that I just mentioned. It sounds like, uh, you know, he's, his game has really just kind of slipped in recent seasons. I'm sure he'll get a chance with somebody. I'm just not so sure it makes sense with the Rangers, given all the young talent that they have. And again, given all the defensemen they have that can chip in offensively. And that's the thing that Keith Yandel brings to the table more than anything else are his offensive contributions. The Rangers don't really need that. They have a bunch of defensemen who can do that already. Something else that I got to mention as it pertains to Keith Yandel, whether you're a big fan of Yandel, whether you liked him when he was here, whether you didn't really like him when he was here, whether you think that a reunion with the Rangers is a good idea or not, one thing that I think we can all agree on is we got to give him some serious props for his Ironman streak. Keith Yandel has played in 922 consecutive games. That is second all-time only to Doug Jarvis. Jarvis holds the record with 964 consecutive games played. So Yandel is only 32 games, excuse me, 42 games off the pace. He could get that this upcoming season, whether he signs with the Rangers or anybody else. So he's second, but he's actually also got Patrick Marlowe and Phil Kessel hot on his heels. They both have active streaks. Patrick Marlowe is number four at 910 games played, and Phil Kessel is number five at 900 games played. But if Yandel, you know, assuming he signs on with a team this season and assuming that they don't make him a healthy scratch for any of the games, he will pass that record this season. So that's really cool to see uh, all the credit in the world to Keith Yandel. I mean, look, this is a very physically and mentally demanding sport and to be out there night in and night out every single season uh, tremendously impressive accomplishment and I for one am rooting for him to go ahead and break the record if he does it with the Rangers that'd be cool but to see him to do it with any team would be very impressive as well and one other thing that I got to bring up here as far as you know Yandel's previous tenure with the New York Rangers and just kind of reminisce about this moment it's easy to forget that he 
had one of the assists on the Derek Stepan Game 7 overtime goal against the Washington Capitals in the second round in the 2015 Stanley Cup playoffs. So basically what happened, the Rangers had an offensive zone draw in the right circle. Stepan was taking the draw, and he wins it pretty clean back to Keith Yandel. I, I say back to Keith Yandel. It was more... Uh, diagonally to the right to Keith Yandel. Yandel gets the puck along the boards there. And I think a lot of defensemen in this situation, what they would probably do is just kind of toss the puck around the boards behind the net there and just let the forwards go to work, you know, try to win a puck battle, try to get the puck loose, try to set something up after that. You know, that's the safer play. That That's the thing that I think a lot of defensemen would do. But Keith Yandel was very decisive here. He basically gets the puck and he's a lefty. And keep in mind, this is on the right side. So he's along the boards. He's got to do basically like a quarter turn to his left and then pass to Dan Girardi at the blue line. Girardi's kind of in the middle of the ice and Yandel wants to get him the puck, wants to set up Girardi for a shot. Girardi lets it fly from the blue line and hope he made the save. But then, of course, Derek Stepan is right there. By that point, he had moved over to the left side and he was there to bury the rebound and send the Rangers on their way to the Eastern Conference Finals. One of the more dramatic goals, really, in New York Ranger history. I mean, it's Game 7 overtime in the second round of the playoffs, so how could it not be? But Keith Yandel, you know, he really gets kind of overlooked on that play. If he doesn't make that accurate pass to Girardi or if he decides to just play it safe and move the puck around the boards and behind the net there, then the Rangers would not have scored that goal there. And who knows what would have happened after that. I mean, maybe the Rangers go on to win the game a little bit later in overtime anyway, but who wants to take that chance? So, uh, Again, Yandel with a, a big-time play after Stepan won the faceoff to kind of set the wheels in motion and uh, set the Rangers up for the game-winning goal there. Moving the puck to Girardi, Girardi shoots, Stepan buries the rebound. So, uh, again, just kind of an underrated moment. I, I think, you know, Keith Yandel definitely tends to get overlooked on that play. And just as a quick aside here, something that I'm definitely looking to do this offseason, we'll probably save this for right before the regular season begins. I mean, I see this as kind of an episode that you would do maybe a day or two before the start of the regular season. But what I want to do is just kind of go through a list of what I would like to see from the New York Rangers this season. Some of them might be player-specific, some of them might be team-specific, and we might even throw in a quirky thing or two as well. I mean, why not? We'll have some fun with it. But one that I kind of have to mention right now is that I want to see the Rangers, and, and this is not something that will make or break the team. It's not something that they absolutely must do or must feel compelled to do, but I want to see the Rangers bring back a player that used to play on the team. I think we can all be nostalgic from time to time, and I think there are some players out there that could be available, that could make sense on a short-term, team-friendly type deal, and Keith Yandel could be one of them. I mean, again, I don't know that there's necessarily a fit there, but I'd be lying if I said part of me didn't want to see it happen. But between guys like Keith Yandel or maybe Brian Boyle or Derek Stepan or my guy, Derek Prasard, I mean, I feel like you could bring one of these guys back once again on a very team-friendly, low-cost, one-year deal. I would love to see that happen. I would love to see one of these guys that were part of some of those deep playoff runs come back just on a short-term kind of deal. And again, you know, we've talked about how the Rangers are the youngest team in the league, but we've also talked about how it's okay to have a couple of veterans in the room. And I think somebody, bring back somebody that was part of at least one or two or three or four deep Ranger playoff runs and adding him to the roster and kind of having him there for leadership and, you know, I'll kind of lead the way. I know what it's like to win in New York, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'd love to see that happen. So, Chris Drury, go out and make it happen, man. We want to see somebody that used to play on the Rangers come back, even if it's in a small role and even if it's just on a one-year deal uh, for not a whole lot of money either. And Keith Yandel is at least one of those guys. Once again, I would not hate the move if the Rangers were to re-sign Keith Yandel to a one-year deal. I certainly would not go any longer than one year. And there is a part of me that actually wants to see it happen, but then there's also a part of me, maybe a more rational part of me, that kind of knows better and thinks that the Rangers are probably better off going 
in a different direction, especially given the fact, once again, that Keith Yandel, the thing that he brings to the table more than anything is offense from the defenseman position, and that's something that the Rangers seem to have a surplus of at this moment. Um, so, you know, let me know what you think. Maybe some people are on board with it. Maybe some people don't want Yandel coming back, but I'd be curious to know what you guys think as well. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Tom Brady gave sports fans another reason to love or hate him. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.